So one thing I want to say, everyone, before this episode starts is there's really horrific, gruesome details of murder, of murder of children. So please, immense trigger warning, listen really at your own caution. Good morning. Well, well, well. Chandler, today is a dark day for pop apologists because we are deep diving really one of the most horrific crimes that I think has happened. I think this is kind of Andrea Yates level. Who? I believe that was her name. She's a woman who drowned her five kids in their bathtub. Oh, gosh. Um. Yeah. So there's these crimes that seem to happen like once a decade that Mm -hmm. just rivet the nation, Mm -hmm. that capture our attention. Because not only is it, you know, a murder, but it's that between a mother or a father and their children. Right. Right. There's something particularly chilling to me about homicide between a mother and their children as well. It just seems to go against the universe and biological facts and yeah it just I mean not to say that the the other homicide doesn't but it's it's especially senseless we expect so little from men you know so Uh, honestly I didn't want to say it thank god you did (laughs) um okay so anyway yes we're getting into the Lori Vallow and Chad Daybell saga and the deaths of so many people, actually. Tammy Daybell, JJ, Lori's son, as well as her daughter, Tylee, and then the death of Charles Vallow and the death of Joseph Ryan and Alex Cox. So it's a lot of people. It's a lot of names. And to be totally honest with you, I was not one of the people following this case intensely only because it was all kind of a little confusing to me. And I guess, I don't know, I'm not always the first person to be following a current true crime situation. Yeah. Development after development. Um, Were you confused by this case at all? Or did it seem pretty straightforward to you? Um, I think it's easier for me to grasp certain things than it is for you. Um, but no, I think it's, this case is confusing because it it involves a a mother, her boyfriend, or or maybe new husband, her ex-husband and her kids. And, And I feel like it's just not like mom, dad, their nuclear family type of situation. So it was always like confusing, like, wait, who are they talking about? Are they talking about her husband or her ex-husband or current boyfriend? Right. And like, one of the kids is adopted. Who is the other kid right. from? The family tree gets a little confusing, and so right. many branches. I think as well, and you're gonna you're gonna correct me if I'm wrong because you're the expert now on this. But doesn't it like take place over several months? And like, you know, there's a lot of little things that start to happen, like in Idaho and Arizona and California or something, right? And Hawaii too. It's all over the yeah. map. So I'll lead us through it, and I'm just going to tell everyone, you know, wipe your slates clean. I'm just going to take you from the beginning, Mm -hmm. and we're going to let this story unfold in hopefully a more clear manner. So we all have an idea of what exactly went down. Lauren, thank you so much for doing this, for leading us through. Um, Yeah, let's get into it. Okay, so Lori Vallow is born Lori Noreen Cox in San Bernardino, California on June 26, 1972. 
And as an adult, she seems to be just a a very nice mom. She wins the title of Mrs. Texas in 2004. She's a hot blonde. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She also, Chandler, appeared as a contestant on The Wheel of Fortune. So in spite of the small town glamour of winning Mrs. Texas and being on Wheel of Fortune, that seems to be really all that's bright and shiny in Lori's world. It seems like she has a pretty hard time. So in 1992, she marries her high school sweetheart, Nelson Yanes. However, this marriage only lasts a few years. They get divorced. And then she marries in 1995, three years later, a guy named William Lagiola. They have their son, Colby together. So Colby is a main player in this case, everyone. Colby, you know, Colby is Lori's son that she raises as a single mom. So one of the things that's interesting is when you listen to Colby discuss their life, he really discusses a life of moving all the time, you know, boyfriends, and it's just kind of chaotic Mm -hmm. until her marriage to Charles Vallow. So we're going to get there in a second. So Lori and William have Colby together. However, they divorced just a year later in 1996. So in 2001, five years later, Lori's around, at this time, she would be about 30. She marries Joseph Ryan and they have Tylee together. Okay. Okay. And then also Joseph Ryan adopts Colby. However, they divorce just three years later in 2004. So one of the things I want to talk about before we get to her next marriage is that there were allegations that Joseph Ryan sexually abused both of her children. um, And Colby did attest to this. And so I think that's really important to note is there's extreme instability financially and then maritally in Lori's life. And then there's this really serious, obviously, trauma with the family. And so the reason why I want to paint that picture is when Charles Vallow enters the scene, a sea change happens for Lori and her kids because mm. she's been the single mom and things have been really tough. And then Joseph Ryan turns out to be a monster. And then Charles Vallow really comes into the picture. And Charles Vallow is this guy. He makes good money. and But beyond that, way more important than the financial stability he offers her and her children, he is a really, really good guy, Chandler. Like, he okay. loves Lori. And it's really so honestly heartbreaking because in some of the audio where he's talking about the fact that she's gone crazy later in their merit in their marriage Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um you can hear how much he still loves her and is so devastated by the fact that she has become overtaken by all of these crazy ideas and fantasies yeah yeah he converts to the lds church for Lori, and he also adopts jj so basically Charles's sister and her husband have a child named JJ, and they are not in a fit state to care for this child, and the child does have autism. And Charles's mother, Kay, and her husband, they take JJ into their care, and they love JJ. There's this really sweet moment in the Netflix documentary where Kay's husband and JJ's grandfather, he talks about having JJ on his chest when, you know, when he was a baby. And 
he just absolutely fell in love with JJ. But however, when they adopted JJ, when they took him into when they took him into their care, they were really older. And being the parents, the active caregivers of an autistic child, that is something that's really demanding. And so another, I think, reason to show what a good guy Charles is, is and Lori at this time. They see this and they say, hey, we want to have a baby together. We want to, you know, be parents of a child together as well. So we'll take JJ into our care. We'll take care of him. Um, Obviously, they're much younger and just much more in a stage of life where Mm -hmm. they could give JJ the support he really needed. So they take JJ into their care. And so Charles and Lori then have three kids under their wing. They have Colby, who Lori had a long time ago with her second husband. And then they have Tylee, who Lori had with her third husband. And then they now have adopted JJ together. So one thing that Colby says is that Charles is really such a good dad to him. Um, and he really is this very stable force. He joins the church for, for Lori and he does, you know, he really kind of provides her with this amazing life. They moved to Mm -hmm. Hawaii together. And I guess this is a place that they had always wanted to live. They get to do all these sports that they love and, you know, be in a tropical paradise. They eventually move back to the States because of Charles's work, but, Lori's life has really turned around, right? She has stability. She has Mm -hmm. financial stability. And everything is great. Yeah. Unfortunately, Chandler, though, things start to fray when Lori gets obsessed with this kind of end of the world, doomsday, LDS, you know, fringe LDS circle. So I don't know if you remember this, but in 2013-ish, There was a lot of talk about end of days amongst fringe, you know, LDS people um, who were part of this community. And one thing I want to say is this was fringe, but it wasn't that fringe. Like, I know plenty of people who got caught up in this whole scene, um, who got really intense on, you know, that the end of days were coming, that there was going to be a crazy earthquake. There was a woman named Julie Rowe who Mm -hmm. uh, claimed to be a prophetess of sorts. Um, And she claimed that the the world was going to end on a specific date, I believe in 2019. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it was just people were overtaken. People People literally cashed out their retirements to buy all sorts of supplies for the end of days. Like there, there could be an entire other episode done on really the tragedy and wreckage that happened when people started believing this woman named Julie Rowe and they mortgaged their homes. They really compromised their financial futures because they really thought that the end of the world was approaching swiftly and they needed to prepare. I think the other thing that's interesting about it is that for those who are listening who are not Mormon or don't, you know, understand like the LDS church or like the way um, this might have played out, there is like a a sitting prophet of the LDS church and other like church leaders who are, you know, who, who are the people who receive revelation from God, you know, for the people who are, you know, within the church. And I think right. what was really interesting about this moment is that all of a sudden there were these fringe people who were claiming to kind of be receiving revelation about 
when end of times were coming and when, you know, like basically when the second coming was going to happen, um, mm-hmm. you know, aside from the prophet and they were, these people were not like, you know, recognized church leaders. These were fringe people who had almost started like a cult following themselves within the church. Well, and I think that another thing I want to kind of layer that with is that the LDS church doctrine really supports the idea of personal revelation and a direct relationship with God. And Mm -hmm. so this isn't something where I would say that people were in the church and in the LDS church and they just kind of got this wacky idea. Um, the, the really the basis of the church is one of direct revelation of being able to, you know, if you are spiritual enough, have these kind of revelations, maybe not right. apocalyptic revelations for the entire world, but personal discernments, personal revelations by your own life. And so it, it isn't actually that far of a reach. Um, for things like this to happen. And the, mm-hmm. you know, little fringe groups and um, and I don't think this is the first time this has happened and it won't be the last, Chandler. Right, right. Wow. Okay. Mark okay. your words. Well, you know, that when that's the culture, obviously it kind of paves the way for people to have these divine experiences in their mind. And then charismatic people who can convey that message can gain a following. But right. anyway... So let's set the stage where Chad Daybell and Lori connect. So Chad Daybell is, for all intents and purposes, a Idaho dad. He lives in Rexburg, and he's also this small-time publisher. He starts a publishing company, and he's also a prolific writer, Chandler. So he is a prolific writer of end-of-times, apocalyptic fiction, and then also sharing his experiences of near-death experiences and his own prophecies. So do you want to hear some of the books that he's written, Chandler? Sure. Okay. So Chad Daybell is the author of a book called Living on the Edge of Heaven, The Great Mm -hmm. Gathering, The Rise of Zion, Evading Babylon, Days of Fury, One Foot in the Grave, An Errand for Emma, Martial law. Okay. A lot of times, there's always like talk of martial laws, a martial law and end of days people. The celestial city, the renewed earth, and chasing paradise. So this is is a prolific writer. Yes. What does prolific actually mean? Does that mean just like a really good writer? No, that's a good question. It means you you produce a lot. It's like Bob Dylan as a songwriter, hundreds of songs, thousands of songs. Right, right. Also like Daniel Steele as like a romance exactly. novel. Exactly. Yeah. Prolific. Love so it. yeah, Lori Vallow can only be described as a fangirl for Chad Daybell. Not only is Chad this hotshot publisher in this in this scene, in these post-apocalyptic, you know, fantasy world, um, yeah. but he's also a speaker. And Lori Daybell is a fangirl. Mm-hmm. And also around this time, Lori is having her own kind of prophecies or time speaking with people from the other realms with angels. So this is a clip of Lori discussing when she was chatting with the angel Moroni. Okay. Okay. Hit me with it. (laughs) And for those who don't know, the angel Moroni is the in the Book of Mormon, that is who spoke with Joseph Smith, and that is the gold statue at the top of every Mormon temple. 
So he's pretty prevalent in the Mormon church. Yeah. This is not just any angel. Okay. Would you agree, I would, Chandler? I would say so. I would, I would say so, yeah. Lori really wanted a spiritual dynamo in a partner. Being attached to Charles, she felt like was holding her back. Her beliefs had become a lot more extreme. She started telling me about how she had a personal encounter with the angel Moroni. And that he was someone that she was in communication with regularly. I have been ministered to by the angel Moroni. I have seen him. I have had lots of angelic ministry. I no longer need to sleep very much because I'm woken up constantly by angels and giving me instructions on things that I can I can do to help further the Father's work. The time is now. The Lord is gathering his people. So that's really the state of mind Lori's in, okay? I mean, this like this case is so dark and sad, but then there's also just like a, some layers of ridiculousness to it. I mean, it's probably inappropriate, but there's definitely a little bit of levity to the insanity that was the state of mind of Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow in terms of their delusions. So I think too, like anyone listening to that who is grounded in the real world, it's like, that's a called a manic episode. You don't need to sleep. That's because you're having a manic episode where you are literally, you know, thinking that you're being visited by like angels, you know, night after night. Um, I think that's like revealing to me that it wasn't like, oh, I just had this one encounter. It's like, I can't even sleep anymore because I'm just getting visited by angel after angel. You know, they won't stop visiting me. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, do you have any do you have any ambient? I really can't handle the angels tonight. I need to get knocked out. Okay, I need them to know (laughs) I have a lot of sleep debt I'm trying to make up on. I don't know. She she clearly also seems so stoked that she's the chosen one who's getting all these visions, you know. Oh, for sure. Okay, so this is another part that really plays into it. Okay, so twenty it's 2017. Lori, her entire really energy shifts. She's getting all into that stuff. She's woken up constantly at night talking to angels. She is reading all of Chad's books. She's very into this. Um, and Chad's energy shifts as well around this time, maybe a little bit earlier, actually. You know, while Lori might be getting woken up constantly by angels, Chad is the one who is like the top top guy in terms of spiritual knowings, in terms of prophecies. So he has an entire system, Chandler, where he says that people are either light or dark. And he has levels. It's a level two. I'm sorry, level one through level two. Most people are level twos, so pretty dark. Um, And level six is the highest. That's like the lightest you could be. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course, he is amongst some of the lightest beings on earth. Sure, sure. <laughs> and also this is gonna you're gonna be shocked by this but so is Lori. oh of course and, of course yeah. <laughs> yeah and he has the ability to know immediately whether someone is light or dark and something really disturbing happens Chandler the the darker someone gets on the gradation scale mm-hmm. the closer they are to having their soul leave their body and actually having oh, their gosh. body um, operated and filled with another entity, an evil spirit. Oh, um, and so 
there's a time where Chad and Lori kind of really, um, they try to cast out evil spirits from people with kind of voodoo magic chanting, like weird prayers, all of that stuff. I just have to say, all of these cults that want to essentially like give you a, like a gradation scale or like a, a classification level. I mean, it reminds me of like Scientology where you have to climb all the ladders before you can go clear, right? It is must be so exhaustive to come up with this like exhaustive, for lack of a better word, like classification system, you know, where you can literally like always be giving people something like some way to like put people back down and remind them that they actually have so much more work to do before they're ever going to be like good enough. You know, a tiered system, Chandler, I think that from a psychological standpoint, it's really motivating for people. They don't, yeah. they don't want that green beginner sash and Nexium. They want to get to the white sash. They want to be a prefect. Mm-hmm. Right. It's a story of progress, of eternal progress. I'll just say, I guess you know, if I'm being honest with myself, I'm actually also on this tiered progression in, uh, in corporate America. So corporate America and religious cults, you're doing something right. Exactly. Exactly. Chad and Lori meet in 2018 and they are just twin flames. You could say, um, twin flames of destruction. So Lori gets affiliated with this group preparing a people. Um, and it's just the, the extreme of the extreme prepper people scene. Mm -hmm. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, Mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food, like my Mm. clean simple eats protein powder. Yeah. I feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder, if you blend it with ice and water, you got a vanilla frosty, essentially, if you like the simply vanilla. If you get chocolate brownie powder, you've got a chocolate frosty. You could do the mint chocolate chip. You got a thin mint frosty, or you just dissolve it in milk or water. And that also strangely tastes really good, like chocolate milk. It's a super fast, easy, quick snack. Also, I just love that the ingredients are clean. They're grass fed. It's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories. It is just the best protein powder out there. Everyone go to cleansimpleeats.com and use the promo code popapologist for 10% off. That's popapologist for 10% off. Cleansimpleeats.com, popapologist for 10% off. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by Framebridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about Framebridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned, cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern, so you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. And... She's always talking about signs of the times and that the second coming of Jesus Christ is swiftly approaching and that global calamities are nigh at hand. So Chad and Lori meet in 2018 at one of, at like a conference, an event for this preparing a people group. So let's listen to a little clip about their first meeting. Okay. Afterwards, he was selling his books. Lori went up to the table. That's when they got to meet. 
She talked to him a lot, asked a lot of questions. She was very interested in what he thought, and he was interested in what she knew. And so they started to kind of develop that connection right there. He had shared with her when they met that they had been married multiple times before. Not right now in this earth life, but in multiple lives and things of that nature. That was established when they first met. Yeah, so Chad claimed to have lived 31 times before, Lori 21 times before, um, but both respectively only five times on planet Earth. The other times took place on other planets. Um, So it's like, I thought I had done mushrooms a few times, but damn. Um, (laughs) I need need to get, uh, I need to get high on their supply. That's for sure. Um, Okay. Wow. Okay, so on November 26th of 2018, Lori and Chad appear on a podcast together called Time to Warrior Up, Chandler. Oh, Lord. Another podcast competing with us. Well, yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, this was the antithesis of Work Soft. This was Time to Warrior Up. <laughs> Chad and Lori, so their connection is based on all these shared crazy beliefs. They also believe, Chandler, that once a person gets so dark that they become a zombie. This is where their soul has left their body and it's replaced by a dark spirit. Okay. So as you could imagine, Chandler, if Ben was appearing on a podcast called Time to Warrior Up and if he was interrupted by angels constantly at night Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um he was captured by a lot of religious fantasies and delusions you might be a little concerned okay especially if you had three children with him yeah absolutely yeah so charles vallow chandler is worried about his wife in january 2019 because she she had told him she was a translated being who could not taste death she was sent by god to lead the 144,000 into the millennium do you want to give some context on that number the number 144,000 it's it's a number prevalent in what's that other religion it's not seventh Is, seventh day. uh jehovah's witness or Jehovah's Witnesses. Say, yes, they yeah, believe yeah. 144,000. So I'm guessing, I don't know, but I, I'm guessing uh, that there's actually in the Bible the words 144,000 people will like go into heaven. Yeah. Okay. So he, so Charles, he's concerned about his wife and he calls the Arizona police and he tells them oh, that wow. his wife has become unhinged. And he says that she has threatened to murder him if he gets in the way of her mission. And at this point, Charles is intent on getting Lori into a 72-hour psychic evaluation. Wow. Um, So we're going to listen to um, Charles Vallow talking to the police. So what's going on tonight? I can't get in touch with my my kids. How old are your kids? Six and a half and six to eight. Okay. But she, she's close to mine. I don't know how to say it. We're LDS. She thinks she's a resurrected being and a and a a God and remember the hundred forty four thousand she's come Jesus is coming next year. She took all the money out of her bank account today. My truck is gone from the airport. She went to the airport and got it. So what makes her a danger to herself and she's to others? Threatened me, murder me, kill me. She threatened to murder you? Yes. And she's how did she do that? He said, I can murder you. I can murder you. And she's talking in a spiritual. You no, know, she talks in physically. I will kill you because you're not Charles, and nobody will care. 
So she, she at this point doesn't think you are her husband. She thinks I'm Nick Schneider. Who's Nick Schneider? I have no idea. It's the name she used. I don't know where it came from. Yeah, so Nick Schneider is the dark spirit that um, once Lori and Chad had decided that Charles was a zombie, they said his body is actually filled with a new entity called Nick Schneider. Um, And Nick Schneider was not long for this world, Chandler, which is literally not funny at all. It's not funny at all. It's not funny at all. I think it's just what I'm laughing at is the name. It's really the name (laughs) that she's chosen. That just like is like, it's like they literally went to like the end credits of like some random movie to find like this new entity's name. But anyways, it's not funny. (laughs) Nothing is funny about this other than the name that they have chosen. Well, it's interesting because at this time, and it's really a wild coincidence, but Chad Daybell's wife, Tammy, Okay, mm-hmm. college sweetheart. She had become a zombie named Viola. So oh it's really gosh. disturbing what is happening to these people. But this is Lori talking to her friend, talking about Charles becoming Nick Schneider. Okay. Lori had expressed to me that her husband, Charles, was already dead and that there was a demon living inside of him and that she was going to get a call any day that the demon who was now using his, Charles's body as a host, would be dead. She basically said they were just waiting for this demon to die. And the name she gave me was Ned Snyder. Ned. She told me Ned. I think she's told other people Nick, because she said Ned to me. Nick, Ned, it wasn't good. So I just want to say... It's extremely creative to decide you want to have an affair with someone and then decide that the people you are currently married to have become zombies, that they're already dead and that, you know, literally that someone else like occupies their body. It's just, you know, it fully makes sense. It's like, I'm not even married to my husband anymore because he's already died. You want me to like sleep with Nick? Nick's not even my husband. Right. Right. And I think, I think one of the key questions at the crux of this case is whether Lori and Chad actually believed all of this or whether this was kind of these convenient delusions, you know, Mm -hmm. things that they were willfully conjuring in order to conveniently have their affair and in order to really kind of get all the people out of their way, including their children and spouses, so that they could be together. So in July 2019... Charles Vallow goes to the house where Lori was living um, and he was going to drop off their son JJ at school. And this was an an expected visit. Um, So when he goes inside the home, Charles is shot by Lori's brother, Alex Cox. So Alex tells the police that Lori and Charles had gotten into a fight and that he was protecting his sister and shot Charles in self-defense. He says that Charles had hit him with a baseball bat Whoa. Yes. And so this is how Charles meets his end ultimately. And it's really, really horrible. And there's nothing funny or there's no jokes to be cracked about this. For all we know, Charles was a really good guy and he literally was murdered by his, you know, religious freak of a sister um, and her brother. Okay, so one of the interesting things about Alex Cox is Lori and Chad had convinced him that he was a modern day Porter Rockwell. Porter Rockwell was yep. a Mormon historical figure. He was a bodyguard 
marshal and possible murderer for the prophet Joseph Smith. So anyway, they convince him that he's this historical figure. So Charles is shot by Alex, um, modern day Porter Rockwell, bodyguard for Chad and Lori. And the police believe his story that it was in self-defense because he does have this kind of like, he is kind of bleeding from the back of his head. And, you know, it's it's all very fishy, though. It's all very, very fishy because Charles Vallow actually used to be a professional baseball player. If he had really hit Alex Cox on the back of the head with a bat, he probably could have done a lot more damage than just this little abrasion that uh, Alex had. But anyway, police believe his story, that it's self-defense, and Charles Vallow is, you know, put to rest and no charges are filed. Um, At this time, Lori is like, it's very disturbing to hear her talking to the police because she's basically like, oh, yeah, we've only lived here for a few weeks. Hi, neighbors. Kind of crazy. I've seen this. I've seen this video. It's very weird. She texts her. She texts Charles's sons saying, hey, your dad's dead, basically. And she is very curt with them, very short with them, just doesn't. She doesn't give them any explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all very, 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 very suspicious. So at the same time, Trad and Lori are fully having an affair. Their texts are written basically like a poorly written romance novel chad begins a story a novel about james and elena he says that this is the story of chad and Lori. and anyway he talks about you know james is obsessed with elena which is you know uh, Chad being obsessed with Lori and her right. clothing and her appearance and that she's an exalted goddess who had come to earth to perform a special mission. Part of that mission was Elena being with James. Um, they refer to each other as James and Elena in their text messages. Um, so it's all extremely cheesy and corny and horrific ultimately. So in August, 2019, things are, you know, really entering a fever pitch and Lori moves to Rexburg to be near Chad. Wow. So she relocates with her kids to Rexburg um, and also her brother, Alex Cox, her modern day Porter Rockwell, moves into her same apartment complex in Rexburg. So in September, they go to Yellowstone National Park and this is the last known sighting of Tylee. Um, and unfortunately, Melanie Gibb, who is one of Lori's really close friends at this time, she's also in these crazy end of day circles. Um, so Lori can confide in her, frankly. So Lori tells Melanie that Tylee had become a zombie. On September 9th, so if you'll remember, just the day before they go to Yellowstone, Tylee has disappeared. Um, and investigators say that Alex Cox's cell phone GPS placed him in Chad Daybell's backyard on the property for about two hours. Um, and about 14 minutes after leaving the property, Chad Daybell texts his wife, Tammy, the following text. And, he, and Chad Daybell says, I spotted a big raccoon along the fence. I hurried and got my gun and he was still walking along. I got close enough that one shot did the trick. He is now in our pet cemetery. Fun times. So clearly, mm. Tylee oh my gosh. has been murdered and... They have buried her in the pet cemetery. And, you know, when Tammy, Chad's wife, sees, you know, some fresh 
dirt in the pet cemetery. Chad doesn't want any questions being asked, so he creates this story about a raccoon. So one thing that's discovered in the trial is that Tylee's DNA is found on a shovel and a pickaxe, and her remains were buried in a shallow grave in Chad Daybell's pet cemetery, and her remains were also burned. So cause of death, I think, is really hard for them to find because her remains were both dismembered and burned, Um, and it's just, it's beyond gruesome. It's so unbelievably horrific to be in this frame of mind where you even commit this horrendous act and then you text something like that the lie to your wife like the delusion the insanity that had gripped these people you know there's a lot that we can really take away from the this case but it's not just how horrible Lori and chad are because i think we would be foolish to just take that as the takeaway i think we always need to look at stories like this and see okay This is the fallibility of the human mind. People can be pushed to crazy thoughts. People can think insane beliefs, beliefs that drive them to do things that at another point in their life, they would have never thought possible. I mean, there's a story of Abraham and Isaac in the Bible where he goes to sacrifice his son in the name of God. This is a faith affirming story that's told with a religious, you know, kind of fervor and positivity, you know, when you're growing up Christian and Mormon. And so I think that Mm -hmm. it's really important to kind of make clear that I don't think this is something that only Chad and Lori would have been susceptible to. Well, yeah, I, I, I totally hear you. I think, yeah, there, there, there's a huge religious, like, element to all of this but i think that most religious people are not like this of course not but it's like the stanford prison experiment like otherwise normal people under crazy circumstances do crazy things and you just don't know where your mind can take you i think you can literally you become mentally ill you can become anyone can become mentally ill and that can be your mental illness can be applied to your religious fervor Exactly. And gripped by delusions. Um, and so it is really, really scary. And I think it's a cautionary, it's a cautionary tale. I mean, Lori Vallow had no history of psychosis of, you know, of being anything, but honestly, a loving mother and devoted spouse before she got caught in the grips of all of these fantasies. Yeah. So anyway, but let's, let's keep going. Can I talk to you about a product that you love that Courtney loves and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com, POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. 
They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. So in September 22, a few weeks after we know that Tylee was murdered, JJ is last seen by Melanie Gibb, Melanie and her boyfriend. and. At that time, Lori told Melanie that JJ was being a zombie and could no longer be seen after, you know, Melanie had asked to see him again. And so Mm. obviously we don't for sure know when exactly um, JJ was murdered, but he was last seen on September 22nd. Um, And then Chandler on October 5th, a few weeks later, Chad texts Lori with big news. So this is what he texts her. Mm -hmm. Hello, sweet angel. Big news about Tammy. This is his wife. Please let me know when you are awake and can talk. I love you. So the news that Chad had to share with Lori was that Tammy had become a zombie, a demonic entity, and her body was now filled with a demon named Viola. So Chad claimed that Tammy's personality was changing quickly because of the spirit attaching itself to her. And then Chad also says, not fully sure of the timing of removal, but once her actions verify the difference, I don't want to wait. Oh my gosh. So Chad also tells his friend Julie Rowe, who's like basically the biggest celebrity in this entire post-apocalyptic scene, um, fringe LDS scene, in the weeks leading up to Tammy's death, that he had visions of his wife Tammy's death and that an angel had told him that his wife would be dying soon. So okay. just a few weeks later, on October 19th, 2019, the otherwise healthy 49-year-old Tammy is found dead in her home from what authorities had determined were otherwise natural causes. The couple's mm. son, Garth Daybell, calls the police. He is the one who um, says that Tammy died in her bed and her kids decline an autopsy. Um, As the coroner says that on first look, Tammy's death appeared to be from natural causes. The kids say that they believe that their mom's health was, you know, somewhat poor before her death. And Chad conveniently has a life insurance policy for 430K on Tammy. Um, I think it's clear is that Chad's kids really had no idea what Chad was up to. Um, and that's probably the reason why no autopsy was, was requested. Um, her body has since been exhumed and an autopsy has been performed and they have found that her cause of death was asphyxiation. So, yeah, it's, I think for me, what's so confusing here is, well, how does someone who's seemingly healthy die of natural causes? Someone who's young and healthy, like that's where it's like, people just don't die in their sleep in their 40s yeah that part honestly is still opaque to me um so I don't really have an answer to that yeah I think that it's it's very confusing I I just will say really quickly I'm sure too if your dad is like I feel like the kids would probably like take their dad's lead in that situation you know yeah yeah a hundred percent and I think that 
I don't know. Maybe the kids thought 49 was actually pretty old in their mind. And maybe yeah, this okay. just did happen. I don't know. It's clear, though, that Lori and Chad, they are not worried about it because they are Chandler. Roughly two weeks later, Lori and Chad are married on a beach in Hawaii. So this is six weeks since JJ and Tylee had been seen. And one of the things that comes out in the trial, so this is extremely, extremely gruesome what I'm about to, to share, but I think it's important to explain what had happened to JJ. We know what happened to Tylee. Um, They found the remains of JJ, of course, and the cause of death was asphyxiation. And it's just like, it's beyond to even describe, but he, he was, you know, wrapped in plastic with duct tape, um, duct tape over his mouth, duct tape over his arms, his head and asphyxiation. Um, So it's, yeah buried in the pet cemetery so i think it's one of those horrifying things to think about you know both their children murdered in gruesome ways buried in ways that are just so undignified in a pet cemetery in a shallow grave in chad's backyard and then chad and Lori, like like nothing has ever happened with no care in the world are getting married on a beach dancing on a beach yeah, it's it's beyond comprehension. And it is, like you said, like the one of these crimes where it's like once a decade where you're just like it rocks you to your core because you just don't understand how people can be this evil. How you can go from being a, a sane person with two feet on the earth to being completely demonic. Yeah, it, it really does. I mean, for all my talk of like, who knows what the human mind is capable of, you know, know the, you know, it's for all my talk of that, I still it is it really defies my own logic and imagination to to truly understand how anyone could ever do anything like this right if the one thing I will say is I do think that I do think that they were buried in the pet cemetery because I really do believe that Lori and Chad did did think that the second coming was coming and that they would lead everyone in Rexburg they would be at the top of the 144,000 in Rexburg, Idaho with Jesus Christ. And there is a part of me that wonders, did they think their children would be resurrected? And that's right. why they didn't go bury them off in the boonies in Idaho mm-hmm. where they where mm-hmm. it would have taken years to find their body. Like what if they wanted their body nearby for when they were resurrected? That's kind of one of my theories. Wasn't Tylee like cremated or like, wasn't she like, you know, her remains burned? Like, I think that, that just defies that to me a little bit. Like, you know, I, I know. I just think that if they were really trying to get away with the murder, they would have taken the remains elsewhere, right? They would have hidden the remains yeah. to keep, to bury them on the property. That tells me that they thought the world was probably ending in a matter of months and that th- yeah. th- this was all going to go down really quickly. So who knows? But what we do know is that, so JJ's grandmother, a few weeks later, she is just like at her wit's end. She calls the police asking for a welfare check on JJ as no one has seen or heard from him in months so Rexburg police go to Lori's house um searching for JJ and Lori lies to them claiming that JJ was safe and staying with in Arizona with her friend Melanie at first Melanie um is not forthcoming about the whereabouts of JJ to police um and this is from some recording of Melanie talking with Lori on the phone you know really questioning why Lori had asked her to lie to police So one thing to note is that Melanie, at first she's loyal to Lori because she's part of this crazy fringe group where she thinks Lori and Chad are like, you know, the exalted prophet and prophetess. And then she 
turns and realizes that it's all a bunch of bullshit and that Lori is actually like succumbed to some, you know, pretty evil shit. So this is Lori on the phone with Melanie. Well, I was wondering why you told the police why he was with me. I just needed to have somebody that I, so I wouldn't have to tell them where he really was. Is JJ safe? He is safe and happy. Okay, well that's good to hear. Okay, so a nationwide search is launched for the missing children. And Lori and Chad, though, they don't take part in it. Instead, they go back to Hawaii where they look for um, a place to live. They file an application for a lease where they put that they have no children. So at the, this wow. is the time this is the time when the sheriff's department gets gets very suspicious about Tammy's death and they exhume Tammy and do the autopsy. So this is also the time when Alex, Alex Cox, the brother of Lori, he starts expressing concerns that he thinks that he's going to become the fall guy for Chad and Lori. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. And this is a woman who had recently met and married Alex. A bunch of people got married around this time because, again, this huge community believed that the end times was like weeks away and that yeah. they needed to be married. So while Chad and Lori are in Hawaii, they exhume Tammy. Um, this is all in December. Um, and then Lori's brother, Alex Cox, that modern day Porter Rock- Rockwell, he dies in Arizona. It was determined that he actually did die of natural causes from blood clots in the arteries of his lungs. So, so he just like randomly dies. So he does randomly die. Yes. Wow. And then on December 20th, 2019, after, you know, Lori fails to produce her children under court order, the Rexburg police declare JJ and Tylee missing persons um, and say that Vallo and Daybell, Lori and Chad are persons of interest. On December 27th, Julie Rowe tells a news station that Chad Daybell had a vision that Tammy would die. And then on January 25th, 2020, authorities served Lori Vallow Daybell an order requiring her to produce her children within five days. On January 26th, um, they served Chad and Lori search warrants in Hawaii. So in February, after failing to comply with the court orders and produce the children, Lori is arrested in Hawaii and extradited to Idaho. So June 9th of 2020, um, the Rexburg Police Department, that's when they found the human remains in Chad's backyard, um, and it's confirmed to be that of J.J. and Tylee. So here is a recording of Chad telling Lori that they are on the property. Um, At this time, Lori is in jail. Chad is not. Um, But this is Chad telling Lori that the police are searching his property. All right, so Chad is then arrested after they find the remains. 
and charged with two felony counts of destruction, alteration, and concealment of evidence. Um, And one of the craziest things about this case is that to this day, Chad and Lori, neither has turned on the other. They've remained completely loyal to each other. Their cases have been severed, so they are going to be tried separately. That was determined in order to make, I guess, it a fair trial. Also, the trial is not being broadcast, so it's only you can only listen to audio of the trial. Um, and the, another interesting thing is that Chad Daybell's children still believe in his innocence, um, and they think their dad was framed by Alex and Lori. Oh, interesting. Okay, so a few really interesting things that have come out in the trial. The medical examiner found that not only did Tammy die of asphyxia, but there were bruises around her arms and arms and chest, indicating that she was restrained before she died. Um, and then also, lots of details have come out about the specifics of the religious beliefs of Chad and Lori, including that suffocating or burning a body would prevent dark spirits from re-entering that body. So I want to leave off this episode with a recording of Lori's sister, talking to Lori while she's in prison, okay, Um, about the specifics of the death. You know, and I I think that it's important to listen to this audio because it's clearly the audio of a grief-stricken aunt. Um, And this is really kind of, I think, will bring home the gravity of what has occurred. just leave it there i like i'm i'm emotional it's like yeah it's absolutely horrifying and i just want to i want to also say that you know i think so much focus has been put on jj and tylee and obviously you know the life of children being lost is truly the most horrible who never got to have a a full life at all whose lives Mm -hmm. were cut so short Mm -hmm. and also 
Charles Vallow's life was cut, you know, short. Also, Tammy Daybell. These are other, these are normal people. Innocent people. Innocent people who were murdered. Four completely innocent people who became the victims and paid the ultimate price for the religious delusions, um, extreme fantasies and delusions of Chad and Lori. Thank you, Lauren, for wading through all of this horrific um knowledge and all these details appreciate the work that you've done uh yeah thank you and we'll see you guys next week yeah we'll see you next week bye bye that's all for now folks don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Pop Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.